Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. Good morning, everyone. Come on, aren't you glad to be at church today? Yeah, I'm glad to see you guys. Listen, if you're new here, maybe uh, you've been here a few times, you're still new around here. My name is Brandon Doss. I'm one of the pastors here at Cultivate Church. I'm glad you're here. We're kicking off a brand new series today called That Was the Style. Come on, anybody ever look back at the things you used to wear way back when and said, what was I thinking? What in the world was I thinking? I remember looking back, like when I was in uh, high school, the big deal was Birkenstocks. Uh, not like, like like the kind now, but it was like the, what do you call those? Like the, they look like, I don't even know, like clogs, earth shoes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And then you would wear them. And, and then like, again, you had to wear double socks. Like that was a big deal. Anybody remember that? Like you had to, like you pulled a pair up and then put a double pair on and we looked ridiculous. We look so dumb, and, uh, but we look back and go, what was, what was I thinking? That today, this premise of this series is really kind of looking back, seeing the change uh, of life that really only Jesus can bring. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if you got your notes, go ahead and pull those out. It's our theme verse. We'll read it together all month long. It says, therefore, because of this, Paul's already explaining. If you can read back, go back and read that chapter uh, later this week or later today in your Bible, he's kind of talking about all of the stuff that goes along. With, with, uh, with us, the sin that we've lived in, the lives that we've lived, decisions we've made. And then he goes on to say, because of all of that, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Come on, who's thankful for new things in your life? Thankful for good things, new things that only come from God. And listen, however, have you ever uh, looked back and wondered, well, like I look back now and I, I used to look back and see my parents, the, like pictures of them back in the day, and I would go, what? why? And you know what? It's come back around. Now they're like, I'm going to pull my stuff out my closet. I'm going to put it back on because it's all come back around. Styles come and go, don't they? And at times, in the moment, it's the best thing ever. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it's the worst thing ever. And we've moved on to new and better things. So the hope is that we would all recognize through this series that we really all need change. Change is a good thing. If anything's inevitable in life, change is it. And we, uh, we, we're talking about today, uh, back in the day, the idea of what, it, what life used to be, and then what is it now, or what's the potential of what it could be. Here's what I know. We've all really needed a makeover at some point or another in our lives, haven't we? Uh, some of us, it's spiritual. I can tell you stories about my own life. I'll not show you pictures. I'll spare you that today. Uh, but there's been times in our own lives where we've needed. There's been times in my life where I had to have, I needed spiritual. I needed a spiritual change. I needed something to change inside of me. And the truth is, if we're all honest, all of us have needed a spiritual makeover at some point in our lives. And to illustrate the power of a spiritual makeover, all month long, uh, we put on out on our social media uh, last month uh, about anyone that would like to have a makeover. And we've got four people. We chose four people that, that we're going to show you all month long uh, the different process, the processes of their makeover. So today, uh, Columbiana's on Melissa Morgan. They took her this past week and uh, gave her a makeover and they videoed it. So I want to show you that video. Hey everybody, we're here at Salon 5 and Melissa's just gone inside to start her dramatic makeover. I cannot wait to see how it turns out. Let's go inside.
Tell us what we're going to be doing today to Melissa. We are going to get rid of some hair. We're going to change a little color. Give her some bounce and some curl and make it where she can wake up every day with gorgeous hair. Without having to do a thing. Are you excited? Yes. <laughs> inches off of this hair Melissa 10 inches gone and we highlighted her back to her natural blonde mm -hmm. so it's gorgeous okay we're here with Melissa and have just gotten back from getting hair done and we're about to go to phase two of the makeover we're gonna do makeup and pick out some clothes stay tuned Check out Melissa's new look. Like, I am just beside myself with these colors on her. We picked a flowy top so that she's still comfortable and can move and do what she wants to do. But these colors are just, I'm just so excited about them on you, Melissa. You look so ready for fall and it's just so cute. What do you think about it? I love it. <laughs> Come on. Hey, we want to give a big thank you to Salon 5 and Alabaster Porcelain and Pink, both of those uh, ladies giving up their time, their skills uh, to make this happen all month long. So uh, listen, makeovers can be dramatic, right? They can be drastic. We can look at ourselves when we change and we would like sometimes it's even a small change and we look and we go, and we go wow, wow. That same thing happens even spiritually when, when we allow things to change. So I want to talk to us today about what that looks like. Looking back, that was the style. If, you take, if you're taking notes this morning, go ahead and pull those out. I'm going to pray, and then we're going we're gonna to answer the question, what's wrong with my style? <laughs> Anybody ever said, what's wrong with what, what I'm doing? Let's, let's pray together. Father, we love you. Man, we're thankful for your word today. We're thankful for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and Father, we just invite you into this moment. God, over the next few minutes as we open your word, I pray that you would do what only you can do. You would open our hearts and our minds. God, that you would speak to us in ways that only you can. God, through every circumstance, through every situation, through every background of life that we all come from that we're bringing to the table, God, I pray that you would show up. Holy Spirit, perform spiritual surgery on our hearts. Do what only you can do. God, let us leave here today knowing we've met with you and God, knowing that we can live a life on purpose that honors you. In Jesus' name. Come on, we all said it. Amen. All right, number one, if you're taking notes, what's wrong with my style? Here's what I want us to know. Everyone has sinned. Everyone. Come on, say that word together. Everyone. One, two, three. Everyone. Everyone has 
sinned. Here's what I have learned growing up in the South. I grew up here in uh, North Alabama, and I know this, that it is very rare to find anyone that has not had some sort of experience with religion, some sort of experience with church. At some point, many people have gone, they grew up in it, or they were taught some things. And so many people, here's what we also learned when we moved to Shelby County, that people, it was the fastest growing county uh, in the state of Alabama, and it was the most unchurched county in the state of Alabama, meaning people were moving here by the thousands and they were quitting church by the thousands. People did not want anything to do with church. They, they would say, if you were to survey them, they would say, it's not that I've given up on God, I've given up on the church. But what they don't understand is to give up on the church is to give up on God. God the church, the local church was God's plan A. The church is the hope of the world. And it's really hard to, for, for someone to, to get, the, get this in their head that I am sinful. You ever heard this phrase in Alabama? It's really popular. They'd give you the shirt off their back. Anybody ever heard that? Just the kindest people that do anything for anyone. I just can't imagine God. I just can't imagine them not getting to heaven. I've done lots of funerals over the years. I've preached in every kind of uh, environment that you can imagine. And can I tell you this? I've never once Never once, hundreds of them, never once have I spoken at anyone's funeral and anyone stood up and said, they're going straight to hell. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. Nobody's ever said, they're not going to make it. Y'all don't understand. They were, they, there's no way. Like, nobody's ever said that. No matter what decisions they made, life they've lived, no matter what, everybody has always kind of had this theology that no matter what, I am good enough. But you need to know this today. Everyone has sinned. Romans 3, 22 and 23, it says there's no difference between Jew and Greek, black and white, male and female, you name it. There's no difference in any of us. This is our common ground as humanity. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's nothing good in any of us. You see, the problem with our our, our culture's theology is that we kind of view sin very differently than God. We like to give sin uh, a score, don't we? Like so many of us, we look at our own lives and we, we look at our own lives with really good, with lots of grace and lots of favor. And, and it's okay that we, like, we judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge everybody else by their actions. And my little sin of gossip and my little sin of lying and these little sins that I have in my life aren't as big as some other sins that people struggle with. I've got a graphic I want to show you this morning. This is kind of illustrate how we view sin versus how God views sin. We give everything a rank. Some sins are greater than others, and some sins matter more to God than others. And man, God's got so much more to deal with, with all of the murderers and all of the bad stuff that people do in this world, that it doesn't matter uh, really my little thing. But here's how God views sin. Notice the difference. To God, sin is sin. There's no difference in any of it. So your little sin, my little sin, is equally as separating from him as anyone else's major sin. There's no difference in God's eye. So we need to know that sin separates us from God. Sin withdraws us from community. All sin is equally devastating to all of our souls. One of the hardest things to convince people of, especially here in the Bible Belt, is a need for a Savior. 
We think, that, we think that if we're kind enough, if we're good enough, if we do enough good things, that surely that'll earn my way to eternity. Surely God would never, uh, God would never send somebody away who was kind and good and tried to, do, tried to do the right thing. You can never do the right. We're, we're, we're sinful people. Humanity naturally makes decisions based on their emotions. Do you know that? We all do. And let's just think through, my, think through your life. Let's go ahead and take a litmus test of your own life. And when's the last time you've ever made a good decision based on how you felt, based on an emotion? You're in an argument. You're saying you're, it's, it's getting heated. And it, like one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, you have said something that you wish you hadn't have said because you felt it. We do things in our emotions that naturally dra- drag us away from God. Naturally, we gravitate to mediocrity. Naturally, humanity gravitates away from what would honor God. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of his glory. And here's what you need to know because of that. Number two, because we've sinned, because we've fallen short, you need to know that everyone is broken. Everyone. Now, I know, I know that all of you have gotten good at this because I've all, we've all gotten good at this. We, we're all really good at putting on a mask, putting on a facade and you know, we, we, we like to hide our brokenness. We don't want people to think in our own lives that we don't have it together. And we want everyone to think in their, in our, in their own right, at least as far as they know. We know we got it going on. Like we're, we're, we've got it all figured out. But the truth is, none of us got it figured out. We're all broken people. Romans 6.21 says, he, gets, he says, he's asking the question, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you're now ashamed of? Talking about sin in their life. Those things result in death, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The consequence of sin is death. The payment for all sin in our life, in this world, is death. It's reminiscent of what happened in Genesis in the first uh, first couple of chapters of Scripture, God tells Adam and Eve, he gives them responsibilities and he gives them all, he, he fills them with his spirit and he tells them, all of this is yours and I want you to cultivate it and I want you to manage it, but just don't eat of this one tree. The Bible says it was the knowledge of good and evil. Don't do it. The Bible says the enemy comes along, he convinces them that God was lying to them. You're not going to physically die you're not going to die. He just knows you'll be like him and you'll know right from wrong. And many of you know the story. He, they ate the fruit and they instantly were changed, weren't they? And they weren't ashamed of their sin all of a the sudden. They were ashamed of their nakedness. They were, sin had, had caused a death in their life. Can I tell you there is a death worse than physical death? It's the death of our souls. There's a death far worse than physical death. And, and, and how he had convinced them that physical death would happen. God never, in, not, God never even communicated anything about a physical death in that moment. He had told them that you will surely die. And what all the way, thousands of years later in Romans, it says that the wages of sin is death. What does sin do? It, it, it murders my soul. You see, the thing about salvation, it's not that it's about forgiveness. It's about revival. It's about raising dead things. And we need to recognize that because of sin in my life, we are all broken people. And no one is more broken than I am. And I am no, not more broken than you are. As a result, we are equally separated apart from God in need of a Savior. Everyone is broken. Maybe you can ask yourself the same question that Paul asked in the book of Romans. What benefit have you reaped 
in your life from these decisions, from the decisions that I've made? What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you're now ashamed of? Maybe you can even put it uh, today. What benefit am I reaping from the decisions that I'm making today that are drawing me away from God? Whether it's your past you're ashamed of or your present that you're holding on to, sin will always lead to death, always. And then number three, we all need to know this is the same This is the same playing ground that we're all on. We're all sinful. We've all fallen from God's glory. We're all broken. And everyone is in need a Savior. Everyone needs a Savior. All of us. There's nothing, there's no bigger need that any of us have than this. And he goes on to say it. He says, Jesus, in Acts chapter 4, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is... No other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's no other name that can bring peace, life. There's no other name that can bring joy to your life. There's nothing else that you can pursue in your life that you will, that you will find that will fill the void that you've been attempting to fill. Only Jesus can break the bondage of sin in our lives. Only him. He's the only one. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're, you'd be honest with yourself and you've lived a life that has attempted to fill that void. And many of us don't even know how to answer that question. We just know that there's something missing. So we attempted in the next job and we just think maybe the next position, a little bit more money and I'll find, I'll experience joy that maybe that I've been searching for all of my life. Maybe it's the relationship, man. I've gone from relationship to relationship to relationship, person to person to person, thinking, trying to find the right person, never understanding, never realizing that you'll never actually find the right person to fill the void that you're trying to fill because people can't fill it. Only Jesus can feel it. The void that you're trying to fill, it's God-sized. It can only be filled by Him. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. You need to know today that you can't be good enough. You can't be kind enough. You can't earn your way to fulfillment. It can only happen through Him. Salvation comes in no other name except Jesus. So what does it look like for me to put on a new style? That was the style. What does it look like for me to put on a new style? Here's the good news that I want you to know today before we move into the rest of our message that anything ever needed to redeem me from anything that's ever happened in my life has already happened on the cross. Jesus has done the work. The Bible says that God loved you enough that he sent his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life. But salvation and freedom are two different things. See, forgiveness and healing are two different things. So Jesus, Jesus saves us. Jesus redeems us. We need forgiveness. We need salvation. We need to know where our eternity stands. But what does it look like to be continually transformed into the likeness of Jesus? I want to give you some practical steps this morning. So if you'll turn your notes over on the back, what does it look like to put on a new style, to become more like him? Number one, you need to be transformed. Be transformed. So the work has already been done. Salvation can, is already attainable. It is a free gift of God. But there are some things that are required of me in my faith if I'm going to become more like him. And one is I need to be transformed. Romans 12.2 says this, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but what? Be 
transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then he tells us, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Maybe you found yourself praying this prayer your whole life. God, I just need some direction. Just tell me what to do. Just show me where to go. God, give me some direction. Come on, I've prayed that. We've all been there, right? Am I the only one? We've all been there. We've prayed it. Many of us are still praying it. Many of us are still confused, and we're still asking God why. Here's why. You'll never get direction from God until you first make the decision to transform your mind. it, It requires us to do something. The connotation in the original language, be transformed. Literally, it is an action on our part. So what does it say? Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to give you three practical steps to transformation. Go ahead and write these. These are not on your notes. Find an empty spot somewhere. Number one, stop what you're doing right now. Many of you are going like, well, that's easy, Brandon. If I could have done that, I'd have done it 20 years ago. (laughs) Stop what you're doing right now. What does that mean? Well, listen, here's what I've learned growing in my own faith. What goes up must come down. What goes in must come out. So many of us, our circumstances aren't changing. Our our realities aren't shifting because we're asking God for direction without without, without stopping the the conforming to culture. So we conform to culture around us and we ask God to change anything inside of us, except what goes in must come out. So God, it's, 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 it's kind of like going to eat some fried chicken and, and 12 pounds of mac and cheese and we say, God, bless this food to the nourishment of my body. Like it's, I need the miracle of fishes and loaves. Turn this into broccoli, right? Like it's like, like what's it? We have responsibilities, Right? We have responsibilities. There is a step, there are steps we can take to transformation. So what is it? What do I need to stop? Maybe I need to stop the music that I'm allowing into my mind. Maybe I need to uh, maybe I need to govern the movies that I allow, the websites that I go to, the television that I allow in my home. Maybe you're dating someone right now that you need to text before the day's over and say it's over. Because you need to stop what you're doing. Your circle of friends that are keeping you in the life as it is. My mom always told me, son, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Come on, she was a prophet. She was probably, it's true, right? It's true. Who you surround yourself with is who you are being influenced by. Stop what you're doing. Unhealthy habits. You need to stop, stop. Number one, steps to transformation. Stop. Take a step back. Evaluate. Number two, you need to pray every day. You need to pray every day. Come on, that's practical. I'm not saying you got to intercede for 12 hours a day. I'm not saying that you have to like, like, like you've got to learn the King James vernacular and work it all out that way. I'm just saying have a conversation with your father. Take a few minutes every day and talk to God. Number three, this one's huge. Develop disciplines and routines that give you control. So many of us think we're in control of our lives, except we're not. Develop disciplines and routines that give you control. For example, wake up every day at the same time. Set a time every day that you're going to wake up. Set the alarm. Wake up every day at the same time. Read God's Word every day. Take five minutes, read God's Word every day. 
I'm going to set the appointment. I'm going to have a routine. I'm going to set a schedule. It's going to happen. Set routines and disciplines that give you control. There's a, uh, there's a devotional in, in the lobby on Information Central. Take that. It's free. It takes five minutes, maybe less than that every day. And you can read God's Word. Go to the gym. Exercise. Fill in the blank. Go for a walk. Just do something that sets up a routine. Healthy disciplines and routines are the best way to change your mind from what is to what could be. Healthy disciplines and routines are the best way to change your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change some things. Here's what I've learned in my own faith. Little tweaks always lead to high peaks. You don't have to make drastic changes. Make some changes incrementally, day in, day out, step upon step, precept by precept. Be transformed. You'll begin to see God do things in your life that you never dreamed possible. If you will allow him in your life. That happens through healthy routines and disciplines. Number two, be free. Be free. Freedom. I love Romans 6. This is, this is a prophetic word for 2019 written thousands of years ago. What then? Shall we keep on sinning because we're not under the law but under grace? Oh, wow. Ouch. Do we just stay in it because, man, God's good enough? Come on, the Bachelorette that hit that hit the the pages like like uh, like nobody like really hadn't in twenty years. When when the the lady said, "Listen, I'm," they were kind of talking, and the guy said, "Listen, I'm a believer. I'm not sexually active. I don't want to be anyone that's sexually active." And the and the, the lady was like, "Well, I am, and I'm a Christian too, and and God loves me, and He'll just forgive me no matter what I do." Listen, grace was never meant to be a license to sin. It was God's tool to take us out of sin. And listen to what he says. Shall we keep on sinning because we're not under the law? He said, by no means. That's the strongest possible language in the original text. Like without him cussing, beep, 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 beep. No, <laughs> he said it that way. God forbid, God forbid that we do that. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey your heart, from your heart, the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Talking about the gospel. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Somebody needs to hear this today. You're stuck in it. You can't get away from it for whatever reason. You've been set free. The chains aren't there. Like, you're not. I had a dog once. His name was Harley. And we used to, he was, he, from the moment he was born, he was in the backyard. One day, a storm came uh, through our house, knocked down, a tree fell, knocked down the entire fence. Walked out the next day because I grew up with beagles. You know, a beagle, they know, when, when they, they know freedom. You know what I'm saying? Freedom. They're gone. This particular dog, had all he had ever known was bondage. All he had ever known was the fence. You know where I found him? He was in the center of the yard, laying down, not moving. Had no clue that the fence was gone and he could actually go and run free. So many of us have been in bondage so long, we don't even realize or recognize that we don't have to stay there. You don't have to be in it. The addiction doesn't have to be there. The anger, the bitterness, the resentment, you can let it go. You, the only one holding, holding you there is you. We have been set free from the bondage of sin. Literally, we are, we, are, uh, we are obedient slaves, meaning we are willfully of our own free will keeping ourselves 
in the bondage of sin. Jesus has already done the work to set us free from the things in our life. We can be free. What does that look like? It means that I need to get in community and give somebody authority and accountability over my life. If I struggle with sexual sin, somebody needs to have the passwords to my computer and my phone. If I struggle with certain things, I need to give people accountability over my life to speak into my life to help me find freedom from bondage in my life. Jesus has already set you free. You don't have to worry about that. That's happened. You need to find freedom. The Bible says this, that salvation comes through Jesus. Healing comes through community. You need to be in a small group. If you're not in small groups at Cultivate Church, I'm telling you, you're not even grasping the reality of what God really wants to do in your life. There's nothing greater than having people in your life that you can do life with, that you can pray with, that can hold you accountable, that can celebrate with you and cry with you and do life with you. That's how we were created to be. You need to find freedom. Freedom is found in community. Listen, we've been set free from the bondage of sin. Not going to be set free through the work that Jesus did on the cross. Freedom is is as close as the mention of the name of Jesus. Be free. Number three, finally today, I need to be active. I need to be active. I love Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says, for it is by grace you've been saved. Through faith, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. I love verse 9. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I'm going to underline that in your notes. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's what I know. We don't earn our way to salvation. We serve as a result of what God has already done in us. So when you, when, if you're on the outside looking in, and like Cultivate Church has an incredible servant culture. Unbelievable how many people just serve and give give. Give to God and, and just sacrifice and give so that the gospel can, can, can reach the nations. It's unbelievable. It really is. Can I tell you, nobody does that out of obligation. Nobody does that. I don't serve out of obligation. It's a get to, not a got to. I see the work that Jesus has done in my life, and I can't help but see and hope and pray that he would do that in someone else. And I get to be a part of what's going on in the world through the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. We're never more like God than when we're serving others. We're ne- we never, on this earth, we'll never look more like Jesus than when we're walking in generosity, than we're giving our time, our, t- our treasure, our talent, when we're living our lives on purpose in a way that can honor God for the benefit of the kingdom so that somebody who doesn't know Jesus could know Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've struggled with that walk in your own faith and you've struggled with with what that looks like in your own life. Can I tell you today that grace is available? It was available 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on a cross and came back from the dead and God has never withdrawn it. It's always been available. It's been available every day of your life. All of the time and all of the seasons that you've walked in bondage and you've walked in sin and you've walked in addiction, you can't get over it and you don't know what to do. Grace has always been available. It's available to you today. It's God's weapon against sin. It's his tool that takes us out of it and brings us into righteous living with him. Hey, I want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Our band's going to come. They're going to play some music today. Listen, nothing funny or weird. If if you're a guest today, we're simply just going to pray with you right where you are.
Maybe you're here today, you'd be honest. You'd be honest with yourself. Maybe for the first time in your life, you recognized that sin really does separate you from God, that you really are broken. You really do need a relationship with Him. Maybe you've been struggling with transformation. Maybe you're walking in bondage of addiction or hurt or pain. Maybe that pain has caused you to go from relationship to relationship, hoping to fill the void, hoping that that will happen, that he'll be the right man, that she'll be the right woman. Maybe today for the first time you're beginning to see through the Holy Spirit, you're beginning to see that only Jesus, only Jesus, I want you to know today that there's a God in heaven. He's not this cosmic bully waiting on you to mess up. He's not up there hoping that you'll just make one more mistake or fall one more time or do that thing one last time and he's going to get you. No, he's quite the opposite. He's a loving father. And he knows we're going to mess up. The Bible says that he knew every decision we would ever make. He's there, past, present, and future. He knew every time that we would willfully walk away from him and walk in obediently to slaves of sin. And he loved you anyways. He loved me anyways. For God so loved Brandon Doss. Me. That he sent his son. He created a plan for our redemption. When he was on the cross, when he was there, when he was living his life without sin, your face, my face, our names, we were there said he loved you enough that he gave his son, sacrificed him for our redemption. He says that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Today I'm going to invite you into a brand new relationship with Jesus, a God that loves you. I'm going to invite you to pull that connect card out on it. It says I'm committing my life to Christ. Maybe you need to recommit. For the first time in a long time, you're realizing, you're understanding that, that grace is more than a license. It's not my license. It's not my license, it's my redemption. That's what grace is. So today, if you want a brand new relationship with God, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Father, we love you. Man, we're thankful for your grace. Father, I'm thankful for I'm thankful for new life in Jesus. I'm thankful that though the old was there it's gone now behold all things are new Jesus I pray that you would forgive me of my sins come on maybe that's you right where you are you can pray that prayer I recognize today that there's nothing good in me apart from you I recognize today that I need the blood of Jesus applied to my life Father forgive us of our sins do what you promised in your word take it and throw it as far as the east is from the west from this day forward Father I accept you as my savior and I follow you as my Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for life, new life. Thank you for renewal. Thank you for purpose. Thank you for everything that you're calling me to and the, and the, and the abundant life that you've came to give. God, I accept it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Can you celebrate that today? Come on, people saying yes to Jesus. Yeah.